So we, we've been talking a lot lately about relationships. And uh, one of the reasons why uh, we do that is because relationship is, is one of our, our core values as a, as a fellowship family, as a church, our, our vision for the future of sharing life together in Christ. It, it has these four ships that make the fellowship float, right? And, and one of those is relationship, relationship, ownership, partnership, worship. Um, but more importantly, we talk a lot about relationships because relationship is, is one of the core values of, of the kingdom of God, right? Uh, relationships are, are the foundation of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, it's one of the main ships that makes discipleship happen. Um, in other words, it's, it's at the very heart of what it means to be a follower of Christ and to be a part of the body of Christ, the church. So, uh, so we've been talking a lot about uh, relationships, our relationship with God and our relationships with one another. We've been talking about how our relationship with God impacts and involves our relationships with others. And, and then the other side of that is our relationships with others impact and involve our relationship with God. And, and how Jesus linked these, these two spheres of, of life with what we know as the greatest commandment, right? Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and the cross is such a powerful picture of, of that, of, of Jesus making a way for us to be in relationship with God and, and to be in relationship with others. So, so last week we asked the question, what does it look like for us to be love, to embody this idea of loving God and loving neighbor? What does it look like to be love in the, in the places and with the people that, that we find ourselves? Specifically, last week we talked about what, what does it look like to be love at home with the folks that are closest to us that sometimes see us at our worst, but also uh, have the most potential to, to bring out our best. So this week I want us to look at at another very specific relationship. Um, it's another ship. It's, it's friendship. I want us to, to take just a few minutes to, to consider what it looks like to be love within the context of, of friendship and, and why friendship is so important for us as followers of Jesus Christ. I want to start here. How many, how many of you have heard the phrase, show me your friends and I'll show you your future? You heard that, that phrase before, anybody? Um, it kind of implies this direct correlation between who you befriend and who you become, right? It's why your mom and dad were so concerned about the people that you hung out with when you were in high school, right? Uh, it's why, as parents, you want to meet your kids' friends before, you go out with, before they go out with them anywhere, right? It's why you might not have been allowed to uh, watch the TV show Friends or, or The Simpsons or Beverly Hills 90210. I know those are older examples, but... Sometimes we get our view of friendship by, by what we see on the screen, right? I, it reminds me of a story. I'll never forget uh, Lily Brooks. My daughter was um, maybe five years old, and she started being really sassy, right? And, and way beyond the normal sassy that we know she got from her mother. Um, it, I know. She, <laughs> I got permission to say that, by the way. I just want y'all to know Abby signed off on me making that joke. Um, 
it was way beyond the, the kind of sassy that was playful. It, it had gone from beyond playful to disrespectful, right? And, and Abby and I both agreed that we needed to get to the bottom of it. And so I'll never forget, we were sitting down as a family and we were watching this movie for the 50th time because I don't know about y'all, but at our house, if, if a movie's good once, it's good 50 times. And so, so we're in the 50, 50th version of this movie that my kids love and, um, and we noticed something that we hadn't noticed before. One of the characters in this movie was sassy and way beyond the normal sassy, right? It was not just playful, it was disrespectful. And, and Abby and I looked at each other at the same time and we knew, uh, we knew what needed to happen. We decided that Lil needed to stop spending so much time with, with this friend from her favorite movie. <laughs> and it was pretty amazing how, how quickly her behavior changed when she uh, changed who she was hanging out with so much. So it's true, isn't it? The more, the more time you spend with someone, the more like them you become. You, you begin to talk like them and act like them. Sometimes you start to dress the same or you answer the phone the same. There, there's most definitely a correlation between who you befriend and who you become. And I think that's why God's word takes this so seriously. I believe it's why the book of Proverbs has some, some words of wisdom in passages like this. Listen to this, Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 18, one who has unreliable friends soon, become, soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The message version of that passage says, friends come and go, but a true friend sticks by you like family. Proverbs 17, a friend loves at all time and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And then the message version, friends love through all kinds of weather and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. And then finally, uh, Proverbs 17, 9 says, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. So there's lots of words of wisdom about uh, choosing what kind of friends we need to keep and, and choosing what kind of friends that we want to be. That's one of the things we talk to our daughter about too. If you want to, you know, in order to, to have good friends, you need to be a good friend, right? There's, there's a direct relationship there as well. So, so verses like these kind of give us some, some guidance on, on what kind of friends we need and, and what kind of friends we need to be for others in our life. They, they point us in the right direction. But, but what I want to, to emphasize today is is not only do they point us in the right direction, but, but ultimately they really point us to a person. And, and the greatest model, the greatest example of this is, is found in our scripture lesson today. I wanna read this for you. This is, um, this is John's gospel, chapter 15. Jesus is, is with his friends, the disciples, right? Now Jesus went around and, and, and Jesus was so wonderful. He was with people all the time and and. And he, he didn't discriminate on anyone as far as who he spent time with, right? Um, and, and yet he had this sort of inner circle of people that, that he trusted and was able to share with. And these were the, the disciples. And, and, and in this passage, he's teaching them about friendship and, and this relationship between friendship and discipleship. And, and what I think you'll see as I read this passage for you is that if, if I had to sum it up in one phrase, it's that same guiding principle that we've been talking about the last few weeks. Those two simple, powerful words, be love. Jesus was, was teaching them about what true friendship 
looks like. And in, in this famous passage, not only does Jesus call his disciples friends, but he calls them and us to this new kind of friendship, a kind of friendship that, that reflects friendship with God in Christ by reflecting God's love in Christ to others in friendship. So I want you to hear this this morning. This is God's word for us, John chapter 15, verses nine through 17. And these are the red letters. So this is Jesus speaking. He says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Some translations say abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Now, there's so much truth packed into this passage we could talk about today, but I just want to lift up a few specific things this morning for us that, that I think speak specifically to this idea of, of friendship. And first and foremost, what I want you to see is this. What an amazing truth that, that Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, would call us friends. When was the last time you actually just stopped to, to think about the implications of that idea? He says, I, I call you friends. That Jesus desires that kind of relationship with us. The Messiah, the Savior of the world has chosen to have a relationship with me, a, a sinner <laughs> among sinners. That's a powerful truth. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because I've shared with you life. I've shared with you what, what, God, what the Father has shared with me. And not only that, but Jesus says, our friendship, the friendship that we have with one another grounded in, in this friendship with Christ is gonna bear fruit for God's kingdom, that, that our friendships are intended to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. It sounds too good to be true, but that's exactly what, what this passage and what God's word teaches us over and over again. It's exactly what Jesus is telling his disciples both then and now. So I've got, I've got a couple of questions that I just want you to consider this morning as we think about this passage and as we think about friendship. Number one, what does friendship with Jesus look like? He says, he says it right there in verse 14. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Now, last week we talked about uh, that sometimes we, we uh, you know, kind of bristle a little bit at this idea of, of command, and, and uh, last week we talked about submit and, and, and some of the things that have to do in our culture with these power dynamics, but, but that Jesus totally flipped those on its head where he talked about it's this idea of mutual uh, blessing and, and encouragement to one another. 
So what does Jesus command? That's the second question. Let's write there in that passage too. His command is to love each other the way that I have loved you, the way that Christ loves us. And so that that brings us, that begs the third question, how has Jesus loved us, right? How has Jesus loved you? Well, it says it again right there in verse 13. He says, no greater love is there than this to lay down one's life for his friends. And if you know the rest of the story, it's not just what Jesus said, it's what Jesus did. And it's what Jesus calls us to do as well. The power of friendship in relationship with God and others is that it's this special kind of relationship that that embodies the selfless, sacrificial, servant-oriented love of Christ in our lives. So with that in mind, here's the last question. As, As beloved children of God, followers of Christ, members of the the body of Christ, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. How do we pursue that kind of friendship as followers of Christ? What does that look like in our, our everyday life and relationships? Unfortunately, the, the passage doesn't give us a, a step-by-step guidelines, right? I w- don't we wish that it would sometimes, right? But again, God gives us this guiding principle of, of be love. And also, God paints us a picture. If, if you go back and read this whole passage this week, chapter 15 of John's gospel, which I hope you'll do, Michelle mentioned the sermon notes. And uh, in the sermon notes, it's got daily scripture readings. And if you read those, you can read this whole passage this week. But, but Jesus gives us this image of, of a vine and branches. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And if you abide in me, then you'll bear fruit. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But, but if you abide in me and my, my words abide in you, then you'll bear fruit, fruit that lasts. So for those that abide in the love of Christ, the love of Christ begins to bear fruit in our lives and in our relationships and in our friendships with one another. And so what that tells me is that, that I need to pick my friends the same way that I might pick fruit. Think about that. For just a minute. When I go to the farmer's market, I don't just pick the, the, the ones that's right in front of me or the ones that are positioned in, this, in the places of, of prominence, right? I, I get really up close to them and I look and see what kind of fruit they are. I'm, I'm picky about my produce. And I think that this passage may even be saying that, that maybe we should be selective about, about who we let into our inner circle of friendship. Now, now let me be real clear about that, okay? I don't want you to misunderstand me when I say that. Um, I'm not saying that we don't need to, to reach out and, and to be uh, friends with, with everyone. We really, we really should. Uh, I'm not uh, implying that we need to be exclusive at all in our reaching out to people and being in relationships with them. We need to be generous with our time and attention. We need to welcome all kinds of people into our lives and into the life of our church. So that's not what I'm saying at all. When I, when I, what I'm talking about today with this idea of friendship is, is, is who are we going to let into our in, the inner circle, the inner sanctum of our lives? Who are we going to spend the most time with 
the people that are gonna influence our lives and our, that we're gonna become more like and, and they're gonna become more like us. What does that really look like? And the reason why I think this passage gives us a, a great picture of that is because it says to us as, as followers of Christ, who do we wanna be more like? We wanna be more like Jesus, right? And so that's why first and foremost, we need to accept that invitation of friendship from Christ. The more time that we spend with Jesus, the more we begin to, to act like and look like and, and, and love like Jesus did. And then we need to be looking for people who, who are desiring that same kind of relationship, those people that want to be more like Jesus too, those friends who are followers of the way that we wanna go, whose desire is to bear the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, the very first one is what? Do you remember? It's love. So I think a great place to start when we're thinking about friendship is to seek others who are seeking to be loved to others in the selfless, sacrificial, servant-oriented way of Christ. Now, don't misunderstand me here either. It doesn't mean that, that they or we have to do this perfectly, right? We are all a work in progress, but hopefully we're working towards this. Uh, like the disciples, we're on our way. We're, we're seeking to follow in the footsteps of the Messiah. That's the kind of friendship where we're willing to lay down our lives for Christ and, and for one another. That's the kind of friendship that, that helps us on our path of discipleship. My friend J.D. Walt says it like this. He says, it doesn't mean to die unless it comes to mean that. It means to release your grip on yourself and your own self-interest so much that you've forgotten yourself. It means that you have a pure heart. When human beings do this, people see God. Why? Because only God can do this. See, that's the power of of friendship, these deep bonds of relationship that have ripple effects in our lives and in the life of our church and community for the kingdom of God. That's the kind of friendship that's built on the firm foundation of friendship with Christ. This mutual bond, this mutual blessing that's only possible when we're connected to the vine, the source of life and love in Christ. So, so I guess the Last question I wanna ask this morning is, what does that look like? What could it look like for you and me to find friendships that are grounded in, in the selfless, sacrificial, servant-oriented love of Jesus? What does that look like in real life? What does it look like for us as, as friends of Jesus to love one another, to lay down one's life for one's friends, to look for those who are willing to do the same? Now, I wanna acknowledge that this is this is not easy and, and this is not something that I have done well in my life. Uh, it's kind of hard for preachers to have friends sometimes. And, uh, and so uh, I've not always done friendship well, but the short answer for this is that it comes in all shapes and sizes. But, but what I wanted to mention to you today is, is this is what it's looking like for me right now. Right now for me, this looks like a group of guys that I meet with every Wednesday morning uh, at eight o'clock over at the Wesley Foundation here in town. Uh, many of you know my friend, 
John Weaver. And so John and I and a couple of other pastors decided a few months ago that we were going to commit to this special kind of friendship, this special kind of commitment to Christ and to one another that, that takes sharing life together to a whole nother level. It's a special kind of relationship that's grounded in discipleship. It's, it's called a discipleship band. And this practice goes way back to the beginning of Methodism. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, would go and he would preach in different towns and uh, he would organize people into groups that were called societies or classes. And, and uh, these groups were committed to sharing life together, just kind of like, like we do here at the church. But then there were these even smaller groups that John Wesley called bands. They were these groups that were committed to this mutual encouragement and, and accountability. Uh, I think John Wesley knew that, that we need these, these deeper circles of trust where we can grow in our relationship with God and others. As followers of Christ, we need, we need these kind of friendships that are based on mutual accountability and encouragement where we can be reminded of who we are and whose we are where we can learn to be honest with ourselves and with God and with others in a place of safety and, and confidentiality. We need a place where we can make mistakes and, and receive forgiveness. I think you would probably agree with me that, that life can be confusing and exhausting and, and isolating sometimes. And so we need these bonds of friendship with sisters and brothers in Christ who are willing to walk with us on this journey of faith. So, so every Wednesday at 8 a.m., my, my band, as we call it, gets together. <laughs> when I told Abby I was joining a band, she thought that it was a part of my midlife crisis until I <laughs> explained to her that it wasn't that kind of band, right? So every Wednesday, the four of us sit in John's office and, and we do just that. We share deeply about what's going on in each other's lives and our relationships with, with God and others. We, we answer three questions every week. How is it with your soul? What are your successes and struggles this week? And how is God's word and God's spirit shaping you right now? And, and, I, and I can't tell you how transformational it's been. We've only been doing this for a few months. But it's, it's teaching me the power of, of friendship. Friendship that's grounded in the love of God and Jesus Christ. So this morning, I just wanna ask, what, what about you? What, what could that look like? I, it doesn't need to look exactly like what I described. <laughs> that's, that's for me, but what could it look like for you? And would you be willing to take a next step of faith today or tomorrow or this week towards pursuing this deeper friendship with God and others through Christ? Would you be willing to consider what it looks like to, to live differently knowing that, that Jesus offers you his friendship and wants to use your friendship with him and with others as not only a means of grace, but a method of discipleship. God wants to use friendship to help you grow in your relationship with God and others in a way that spreads seeds for the kingdom of God that could bear fruit, not only in your life, but, but in the lives of others. What, what's one step you could take? Maybe it's joining a small group. Maybe it's starting a band or, or getting the band back together. <laughs> Maybe it's simply starting to 
to seek out that kind of friendship or put yourself in, in, uh, in proximity of possibility to help you grow as a follower of Christ, as a member of the body of Christ. What's, what's one thing that you could do this week that could be a step of faith in the direction of friendship with God and with others in Christ? Let me pray for you and would you pray for me? Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that you desire friendship with us, that you have made a way for us to be in relationship with you and with others now and forever. God, we thank you that you uh, have come to us as, as God with us, that, that Jesus is our example of what it looks like to live a life of faith in relationship with you and, and other people. God, help us this week to live into that identity as, as your friend. Lord, help us to be a friend of others, a friend to others in the way that you have been a friend to us. Help us to share that selfless, sacrificial, servant-oriented love of Christ with those around us. And Lord, I pray for each person that's here today, if, if they don't have those kind of deep abiding friendships, that you would just bring them a person or persons who could come alongside them and and help them, encourage them in their faith and in their walk with you, that they might grow together, just like branches that are attached to the vine. Lord, we, we just acknowledge that, that that's not easy. In fact, it's something only you can do. And so, Lord, we pray that. We pray for friendships that would bear fruit for your kingdom. So God, we love you and we thank you. And I, I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. As we sing our closing song today, I, I wanna invite you, the altar is gonna be open. If you need to come and pray, uh, you can come and pray. If you want somebody to pray with you, I would be honored to pray with you today. Uh, if you just wanna stay in your seats and, and pray or just sing the words to this song that we're gonna sing about the love of God in Jesus. Uh, whatever that looks like today, I just invite you to, to open your heart to respond to whatever it is that God might be stirring in you today. Would you stand as we sing?